mastering your emotions so you can be a safe space for the feminine mm, is yes. actually to me the art of masculinity so i would think it means two things to me one it's always like in the eye of the beholder so realize that it's okay to have a different view than somebody else two it's always being created and recreated uh i i think it means an openness to growth an openness to learning an openness to looking at what is masculinity in me and having curiosity about what parts are serving me and what parts maybe aren't serving me so well anymore. And so the art of masculinity is truly that. If you can master being a lion and a lamb, you've mastered masculinity. The art of masculinity to me means knowing how to gracefully dance between both the feminine flow and the structure of the masculine. This is The Art of Masculinity with your host, Johnny Elsasser. Hey everyone, today's episode is going to be featuring Brian Reeves. He is a transformational and relationship coach, and he has been in very, very um, great and different experiences through his whole life. He's also an Air Force, was an Air Force captain. We won't hold that against him. And uh, no, we love that. Love that about him. Love my vets. So anyways, just an amazing human being. We dive into a lot on masculinity and relationships and how to continually balance our masculine and feminine in this episode. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Brian is a wealth of knowledge and I had such a great time with him. I know you guys are going to get a lot from it. Everybody that's uh, looking at their relationships right now, Make sure you're pulling out a pen and paper to take some notes. Brian's also got a couple books, so make sure you check out the show notes, get those books. He's got them both on relationships and how to really create and thrive in your relationship. So hope you guys enjoy this and I'll see you all around the corner. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Art of Masculinity. Today's guest, we got Brian Reeves. And, you know, you and I had the fortunate experience of meeting one another at a dear friend's birthday party. And you and I hit it off, former Air Force, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, and you're in the men's development space, just yeah. crushing it right now. I've been seeing a lot of what you've been doing and putting out there in the conversations that you and I had at Steph's party. Um, just really beautiful how you're impacting men today. So I'm really happy to have you on the show today, Brian. Thanks, man. Yeah, Johnny, I remember meeting you uh, not what, like four or five months ago. Yeah. And I was just like, immediately, I like this guy. I think I, I think I, I think I complimented you on your beard. You got good beard game. <laughs> and I was like, Probably. I, know, I just, I like this guy. And so I, I felt, I felt it immediately, man. I love that, brother. And I felt that connection as well. It's so really cool. And I, you know, this is one of the beautiful things. I love talking about this, and I'm glad that we actually get to talk about it real quick. Is for guys out there. When you find a man that you connect with as a brother pretty quickly, it, it behooves you to continue to stay in contact with that person, whether it's just shooting them a message once a week or even a couple weeks, just be like, hey, bro, wanted to check in, say what's up. But, you know, I think, guys, we just don't do that enough. Yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't, you know, I, I heard this um, statistic that I'm going to mangle, but, but years ago I, I, I learned and it made sense, but that, that men, we essentially stop making friends after college. Mm. We have work buddies. We might, you know, we, and we might go out drinking with them or, 
but we essentially stopped making real friendships after college and and after college you know after sort of the you know the the our you know 20 21 22 like that we live a long time after that to not make yeah. new friends and and to not have you know to not have the real conversations that we need to be having mm-hmm. you know johnny as soon as you and i jumped on this uh this zoom call right right even before we started recording you're checking in with me you're like man how's it going how are you doing we haven't really spoken since steph's party uh a few months ago and 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 you know i could have said you know hey man everything's great yeah i'm rocking and i'm crushing it in my life everything's good and and that part's true i mean i everything is great but i also told you that i'm also there's something in my life right now that i'm really struggling with you know that my Mm. wife is really having a hard time with something in her in her personal life. And, and I, I shared that with you and it felt really good to just be real with you for that moment to just be like, oh, mm. yeah, it's good to not have to carry this by myself. I can share this with another man who can just kind of witness me in it, hold me in it for a moment. And then we can, then we can move on and, and, and do whatever it is we came here to do, but to, but to pretend that everything's just fucking great and I'm holding the world up by myself. That's just exhausting. Oh, dude. And I like when you said that, I, I this is where in my life I, I've noticed I've I've truly come to circle myself with men who are on the path of really develop me, developing and enjoying life because enjoying life. Part of that is making sure that you are actually, you know, saying the things that are on your heart because you get them off of you. And so when you said that, I was like, bro, that is that's the beautiful place that my life has come to is the fact that men like you who are actually growing in themselves are comfortable to release that information and know that you're supported, you're not judged, you're, you're um, heard, there's somebody who sees you and they understand the experience from the angle of being a man. So, you know, it, it's really cool to actually have that. And this is, this is what I love about podcasts. Is this is real-time shit, and this is, but it's very it's very powerful for men to hear this because it's like, Oh crap. Like when's the last time that I actually didn't say, yeah, man, fine. Everything's great. And actually said, nah, man, I'm, I'm really having a hard time right now. Like there's some stuff going on in my life. Like just wanting to open that up. Yeah. I, I love the, uh, heard this long time ago, the, <clears throat> the abbreviation, you know, fine. F I N E is the abbreviation for fucked up, insecure, neurotic, and exhausted. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I think when we really just get honest with what's going on with ourselves, and I think that's the importance of male friendships, especially, you know, my wife, as much as she wants me to speak with her to let to let her into my inner world, and I do, she also is not supposed to be the dumping ground for all of my stress and Mm. all of my all of the stuff that i'm going through especially as it pertains when when our relationship is in stress and we're struggling with something or just i need to vent about some shit or or just share the what it's like to just be a man in in relationship you know in my work my specialty really is relationship Mm-hmm. And, you know, I need places where I can go to, to just vent the stuff that it's not for my wife's ears, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and it's other men that who aren't, as you said, aren't going to judge me, aren't going to just say, you know, get over it, bro. Or, 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 you know, nothing gets you over the last one, like the next one, stupid things like that. Things that just aren't yeah. helpful, you know, or, or that aren't going to jump down the rabbit hole of cynicism 
and disrespect towards women and relationship and all that. Like, man, it's just, oh, we can just drop it here. Be like, oh, I love being a man. And being a man yeah. comes with some bullshit. <laughs> There's some yeah. shit that we have to deal with. It's like, can I just talk about this for a minute? Can I just, you know, and, and to be able to do that with another man is just profoundly healing. And it's mm. a beautiful thing. We all need it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to put a I'm going to put a pin in us right there because I want to revisit that conversation. Okay. But right. I want to put you in the in the manly round so everybody can okay. hear a little bit more about you. And, and nobody goes unscathed in this uh, <laughs> podcast from the manly round. So are <laughs> you ready for it, Brian? I've been scathed. Let's <laughs> so scathe me. Scathe me, Johnny. Let's do it. Your, your first question is, what is your spirit animal and why? So I did a spirit animal meditation years ago with a group of people and, and we were visualizing what a stage and, and see your spirit animal walk onto this stage. And the immediate thing that happened was a giant rubber ducky on wheels rolled onto <laughs> the stage. My spirit animal was a giant rubber ducky on wheels. I had no idea what that was about, Johnny, but, um, I let that rubber ducky go. And then what walked out was a, 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 a tiger, a, uh, mm. you know, a creeping tiger through, through tall grass. I, I think, you know, I, I, my energy, I believe I feel, I present very, very cool, very meaning kind of, uh, you know, chill. I'm not very energetic or high energy. I mean, I can, you know, in, in a, in a, conversation like this, I can animate, but generally speaking, I'm pretty calm. I'm pretty chill. I'm pretty cool, but corner me or, or, you know, get me hungry and I will fucking pounce. I will, mm. I can, I can, you know, turn from, from call from calm, cool, chill, relaxed to uh, beast mode very, very quickly. And that's, a, that's an energy that actually I have to really be, be mindful of to, to, to breathe with and tame and, and not allow to, to be unleashed unskillfully. So tiger, I'm gonna go with tiger. Mm, I love that, man. And, and that's a, it's such a majestic creature too. I, I'm a big fan of the tiger. I was born the year of the tiger and the Chinese, um, the Chinese uh, uh -huh. culture and, that's it, it. It epitomizes me too, as far as like what they associate it with, which is really funny. But the fun thing about the tiger, especially the Indian tiger or the Bengal tiger, right? Is they're actually phenomenal swimmers, very, very phenomenal swimmers. And most people don't know, know that. And the other thing is cats typically don't like water, but they can actually swim super well. So that, uh, that's interesting. Now, what year were you born? 1986. Okay. So I'm 74 year of the tiger as well. Yeah. About that. Nice. I love yeah. that. I think, yeah. I think there was just, I think they just, the year of the tiger just passed maybe a couple more years ago. I, I think you're right. We're we just had our up. year. Yeah. We're going to have to wait another 10 years for our year, for our time again. Jeff. Yeah. Something like that. Oh, so good. All right, brother. Your next one is what song, whenever you hear it, no matter where you are, if there's a million people surrounding you, you just absolutely have to start busting out singing along with it singing along with it out loud yeah well there, there's a lot of songs but the song that immediately leaps to my mind is a song by the artist amos lee and it's called in the mm -hmm. arms of a woman in the arms oh of yeah yeah you know that song yeah 100 i am yeah. in the arms of a woman i mean that song that's my karaoke song 
that's that's my jam right there there's something about that song that just transports me and i don't care what is happening i gotta i gotta sing it it's a beautiful song man i love that one and you actually have a really good voice so you did that really well so you're not embarrassed to sing out loud i'm not embarrassed (laughs) to sing out loud no thank you Uh, don't worry man if i if i do it's it's actually we used to when we were overseas uh the psychological torture that um psyops would use would just be me singing and they just put that on a on a radio out there (laughs) you gotta gotta use the weapons you have at your disposal man i get it Uh, all right your uh, last question is if you could pull a prank on any well-known person so at this point you can also time travel so this could be somebody in the past if you could pull a prank on any well-known person who would the prank be on and only you don't have to answer this part but only if you know it, what would the prank be? You know, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I heard these questions in some of your previous, previous episodes <clears throat> as I listened to the podcast. So I, I really sat and thought about this one and you know, my, my, where my mind immediately goes is okay. Cause you know, pranks fuck with people. Pranks are designed to fuck with people. And I'm not a big fan of just fucking with people for the sake of fucking with people. Um, so my, my, my brain goes, okay, if I'm going to fuck with people, there has to be a purpose to it. And so my brain goes to, let me go back in history. Let me fuck with some people. Like I'm thinking, you know, just, just terrible, terrible, brutal dictators and people who did horrible things. And is there a way that I could fuck with them that would change history? And I went to, you know, like, uh, like Hitler was the first, first guy, like, okay, I pull a prank on Hitler. The problem that I came into Johnny is that any prank I could come up with that I thought would be designed to get him to see life, see the world differently is only going to backfire. Cause that man has no capacity for self-reflection and then and, and my, nope. so I, I really got stumped with this one because I figured I go, I would go prank Hitler, but that would only backfire. And he would probably become even more if it's possible of a monster than he already was, or he'd just kill a different set of, of people than the ones he targeted. It's like, I don't know, man, I'm not big on pranks. Uh, I can't even my own wife, I cannot prank her because it could be ruinous to her health. She is so startle, uh, prone that I have to be careful just walking into the room without announcing myself before I get there because she will, she'll scream. She's very, very, very heightened nervous system. So I don't know, man, I'm not a big pranker, but I guess I would, I would spend, I would spend hours in a battle room with some guys figuring out how can we prank Hitler to change, to change the course of history. That's, that's where I'm going to go with that answer. Okay. I like it, man. It's very well thought out. So, um, I want to jump back in to what we kind of were talking about, because I think this is really important. And one of the things that you were talking about was with the relationships, not dumping on your wife and having outlets outside of that. And so, um, like, let's dive into that a little bit. How can, what are, um, uh, I think the best question would be, how can guys look at that? and say, okay, it's not hiding information from my wife. Mm-hmm. It's sharing information, certain information yeah. that I feel 
I need her support or she can hold the space for, and then sharing certain information with other outlets who may be better resources for that. How can we get guys to look at that in a way that's not very toxic? That's a, that's a really great question and a super important distinction to explore because I think we do get confused about what should I share with my partner, my intimate partner, and maybe what shouldn't I share with her. And I think, <clears throat> I believe a lot of men, in my experience, a lot of men, and I had this uh, this ethic for a long time, I wanna be able to say whatever the fuck I need to say to my partner at any time. Like I wanna have the freedom, you know, that masculine value of freedom to speak truth, to speak reality, into my partner's listening and i want her to be able to hold all of it Mm -hmm. but what i'm essentially saying in that in that statement is i want my i want my you know in this case my wife to be as masculine or more so than i am that she can hold all of the chaos that my brain may come up with and that is just not reasonable it is not skillful it is not connecting um and though obviously my wife doesn't want me to withhold or lie and those are the same thing to the to the feminine lying mm-hmm. and withholding are, are very much the same thing to the feminine you know oh. men we tend to make a distinction between the two but um another conversation perhaps but my wife wants to know the things that she needs to know that 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 uh, that could potentially um, you know, my wife is listening through the filter constantly of this question. What does this mean for our connection? Mm. What does this mean for our connection? Whatever I'm talking about, she's listening, right? That's the question she's always asking sort of underneath whatever the details are. What does this mean for our connection? Is he going to stay with me? Does he mean, does he still love me? Does he love someone else? Does he want to be like, well, what does this mean? Whereas I tend to be listening through the question of what does this mean for my freedom? Mm. And, and, and sometimes we switch. Look, I, I don't, I want to, I want to stay connected to my wife. I want to make sure she ain't going to leave me or, or disconnect from me in a way that's going to be hurtful. And in the same way that, you know, she wants to make sure I'm not going to try to rob her of some, some freedom to live her life as she chooses, et cetera. But, you know, so, but those two questions are always, are always at play in relationship. What does this mean for our connection? And what does this mean for my freedom? And so a lot of times the things that I might want to say to my wife or that I just need to say to somebody, I'm not leaving her. I'm not interested in being with someone else. I don't, I don't, you know, even if there may, may be moments of frustration where there's that part of me that's like, fuck, man, this is so hard. This is so challenging. You know, why? I don't even know what the hell you want from me, woman. Like those are the thoughts that might be going in my head. Like, saying those things to her is not usually helpful or skillful having a group of men or another man or a therapist or a coach somebody but someone else who is a safe space that i can just say these things and not be judged that I, to just get stuff off my chest to do the venting that that any human needs to do sometimes so that i can once i get them off my chest i can come back to my wife and be like oh, okay i feel refreshed i feel present i'm ready to to be in conversation with her again i'm i'm and i don't have to dump stuff that to her is just going to be like why do you want me to hold this why do you mm-hmm. why do you why are you expecting me to carry this this feels disconnecting it feels hurtful it feels 
Now, now, if there's something legitimately in the way of me being present with her, whatever that may be, if there's something legitimately in the way that, that I need her to know because it's affecting my capacity to show up. Maybe it is a way that she's talking to me that I don't like, that, that, that feels hurtful or may, is making me angry or, or if there is, if, if, if I'm legitimately in the, in the, let's just say, you know, the questioning of our relationship. Well, that's a whole bigger, that's a bigger conversation. But if you're a man and you're not legitimately in the questioning of your relationship, then you need other men to just vent your shit to. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know. Let me, let me just pause there for a minute and, and check in with you. Is this, is this making any sense? Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. It, it, ha, there's, there's that balance between having the connection with her and then understanding that she doesn't understand the information or how to support you in it, which then is actually going to cause frustration in the relationship and communication and connection. Cause she's like, why are you dumping this on me, bro? And, um, there's that in distinction. And so, uh, this is how I'm tracking what you had to say, which was gold. That distinction allows you to say, well, maybe it could be a brother. Maybe it could be somebody else in my life that I can give that information to who may be able to hold that better, but I can get it out of me, get it to somebody that's, that is going to be able to even maybe converse with it better. Exactly. And instead of just dumping on her, but that can also be a fluid conversation because it may actually end up turning out something I gave to you, right? You're, I'm sharing my brother, Brian. I'm like, Hey bro, I need to share this with you. And then two weeks later, I share it with my wife because I'm like, I really do need to share this with her. Exactly. I think it's important. So there is some fluidity in that. Does that all kind of track where you were going? A hundred percent. Even if I'm having doubts about the relationship, sharing that with a brother or other or other safe men that that won't tell me which way to go with it but will just help me help me get give me give me feedback kind of mirror what mm. i'm going through help me not give me advice but give me support yeah. to find my own clarity so that then i may realize oh man yeah you're right that's just the fears of a of a, of a worried traumatized mind i'm good i am into this woman okay, let me, let me, let me try some new practices, skills. Maybe, maybe even she and I could hire a therapist or work with a coach or do some, something together. Right. Now I can go back to her without dumping on her. Hey, I don't know if we should be together. You know, the moment a man puts that on the table with a woman, holy shit, man, the whole relationship has just changed. Mm -hmm. So having other men to even process that through with before bringing that to her, uh, very skillful, very helpful. And again, there's just a lot of things. There's so many things that, 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 you know, sometimes I look, I've been married. Well, I've been with my wife almost seven years. We have, we have, I, I, we have an extraordinary relationship. I am in love with our relationship and, um, man, there are days where we just don't want to talk to each other, see each other. We don't like each other. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, there are days where, um, we just don't want to be around each other. Uh, you know, we're doing the little two person village, her and I living alone in a home is this isn't how we were supposed to do it. Johnny, we weren't evolved to do two person villages, uh, <laughs> you know, so ha having, having my village of men having that I can just go sit around a fire with and just, we can commiserate with each other about how fucking hard this is and ridiculous it is. And 
and we can laugh about it and we can just oh, offload it. It's so, it's so important and so helpful. And when a man doesn't have that, the way that, I mean, his nervous system, he is going to store it all in his body. He's going to sh mm -hmm. sh shut down. It, he's going to likely shut down at first, you know, and he's probably done this for a lifetime because how many of us mm -hmm. men have had, have had safe men to really vent to like this? Not most of us, none. So yeah. sh shut down, shut down, shut down until the, until explode, until I can't, I can't hold it inside anymore, either implode. And I just, I just become a dead husk of a, of a, of a man, or I explode outward. And now I'm just creating so much damage to the world around me, including my partner and my relationship, my kids, my colleagues, perhaps family. Um, and not, neither of those are, are successful strategies for living a good life for a man. No, absolutely not. That's, I mean, that's what creates the toxicity in relationships. And I think believing that, um, you know, I, I don't know where the story came out, but believing that like I chose this partner, therefore they get to handle all my burdens. I don't, I don't understand that um, because they can be your best friend and only handle a fraction of what's burdening you, what's important to your relationship and what you feel they, they need to own or need to help with. And then, like you said, being able to share that, to share the other pieces externally to somebody else allows you to release that so you don't implode, so you don't cycle into depression, um, toxic behaviors and attitudes, and then actually ruin the communication and connection with your spouse. Like that's, that's the byproduct of it. So for our guys out there listening to this right now, listening to Brian, just kind of open this up, giving the realization of, of what, what can really harm your relationships is actually either dumping everything on that one person and or dumping some of it and not allowing the rest of it to get out somewhere somewhere exactly somewhere and yeah. and and by the way i think it's important to say that our our partners need the same they they need elsewhere they need other people other you know my wife needs other women to to yeah. go to, to to talk to she needs you know, she's been doing, she is a therapist and she's been doing therapy herself for ever since I've met her almost, almost weekly. And I remember she told me something a few, a few years back. She said, you know, Brian, if I told you everything that goes on in my brain, I don't think we could possibly stay together. Mm -hmm. She's a very anxious brain, as I kind of alluded to earlier, very, very, a lot, a lot of stuff going on in there and her having a therapist is so helpful, not just to her, but to us. Mm -hmm. Because again, she gets to offload and process externally so much content, so much, whether it's anxiety or, or fear or concern or doubt or whatever it is, she gets to process so much of that externally with someone else that isn't me, such that when she comes back to our relationship, she's, she's good she doesn't have to dump all of this stuff on me I don't, and i don't have to hold all this stuff that i'm 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 just trying to manage my own damn life you know yeah. trying to <laughs> trying to find yeah. my own way in life now i got to manage her stuff mm -hmm. nah, right i mean that's the beauty of having these other you know it's the village the extended village the village we're supposed to have we're not supposed to just have each other we're supposed to have an extended village that that supports us through all of the transitions we go through all of the doubts we go through the the hard days the beautiful days all all of it and and especially men as you know johnny we so many of us don't don't even have one person to talk to 
Yeah. That's a tragedy. Yeah, that's, that is a tragedy. That's why brotherhood is so important. So I, I kind of want to do a little more, one more touch on this. And then I want to move into some stuff on, on the importance of brotherhood. Cause you're, you're very active in, oh, yeah. in maintaining a tight circle of men and you're very active in opening men up to accept and desire brotherhood for different reasons. But back to the relationship piece. So just to make sure I want to, I want to clarify for or cl- not really clarify. I want to make sure we, we make it clear for them is that when a man is discerning whether or not to speak something to his significant other mm-hmm. and not, not shame himself for saying, am I lying to her? What's like a key, maybe a tool or a key indicator that you use um, that you can give to men to say, okay, this is going to help. This is not going to help. This needs to go somewhere else. This doesn't need to go to her. It's not lying. It's sharing the information in a healthy way in the right, in the right avenue. A question that that I personally live in, and that when I'm when I'm working with men in relationship coaching, that I that I often help men step into living this question is 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 does this whatever it is does this serve not just me but does it serve her does it serve we whatever it is like okay there's something that I think I need to say. Well, let me sit with this question. Does it serve us? Does it serve we to say this, to share this thing? Mm. And it again, there's no firm conclusions here. I, I don't live in prescriptive coaching. Like you should do this in this scenario. You should do that in that scenario. I mean, every, every man has to find his own way. Yeah. I, I think, I think having powerful questions that get us out of you know, most of the questions we tend to live in by default are just fear-based, survival-based questions. You know, how will I get caught if I do this? Will this fuck things up if I do this? Um, you know, how do I how do I stay out of trouble? Like these are the questions we tend to live in by default, which which are just they're self-serving and they're all about how do I how do I not die? Mm-hmm. Living living in a question like, you know, how does this serve? Does it serve her? for me to share this. And, and it might, you know, if I'm a man who's, who's doing things that I know if she knew about it would hurt her. You know, if I'm living, in other words, if I'm living out of integrity in some way, and it could be mean, I, it could mean I'm watching a lot of porn when I know that she is, is not, does not feel safe with her partner watching porn, for example, or, um, um, I mean, again, there's just all all, all kinds of scenarios that could arise, but that's the question that I'm always living in is, is how does this serve? Does it serve to share this with my partner? And sometimes, you know, I I wrote a book, Johnny, my first book was called tell the truth, let the peace fall where it may. You can see it. I got it Mm -hmm. over, over my, wait, how do I get it? Over my shoulder right there. (laughs) um, I got the, it's a little weird camera thing going, tell the truth. That's good fall where, where it may. And I, I, one of the things that I discovered in, in the writing of that book and exploring this idea of telling the truth and letting the peace fall where it may is that, is that telling the truth 
doesn't mean just dumping all of my 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 you know vo like vomiting all of my judgments and conclusions and doubts and worries all the things that that the mind just does on a daily basis it doesn't mean dumping all of that onto my partner that doesn't serve i say that generally does not serve i say another man may say different like i'm not again i'm not trying to suggest that this should be true for every man Right. I think, but I think that's what's key is, 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 is having questions that we can ask ourselves to evaluate. Okay. Um, does it serve to lie to my partner? Like I did this thing that I know would be devastating to her if she found out, does it serve to lie? I'll tell you, Johnny, from my experience, I have, I have in the past decided, yes, it serves to lie. <laughs> in fact, that's why I wrote that book because I lied about something that it did not serve to lie because the woman found out four months later that I had done something that I told her I hadn't done and it fucking destroyed our world. It, mm. it, it unleashed five years of, of hell and chaos. But see, the thing is I wasn't living in the question, does it serve? I was living in the question of, how do I not get caught? Mm. How do I not lose her? Yeah, th th those are the questions I was living in. How do I not lose her? How do I not get caught? How do I not fuck this up? How do I, you know, how do I keep her happy with while still getting away with what I want to get with get away with? Those are those are not helpful questions. Yeah. So it's like you you were asking like how do it how does it serve me as opposed to how does how does it serve us? How does it exactly? How does it serve me alone, regardless of her experience? And right. that's that's that that the, that I think we all, you know, as as young people, we that's one of the that's just a very human question to ask. How does this serve me? But as we mature, and you know, this is this podcast is the art of masculinity. How do we step into mature manhood? I think that's one of the essential questions we must learn to to ask is not just how does this serve me but how does this serve we mm -hmm. yeah that's beautiful man i think that if any guy walks away from this podcast not carrying that with him mm -hmm. i I'm, I'm really shocked if they really listen because that's an easy one to ask yourself on a regular basis and you don't have to voice it you just when you're trying to make a decision especially when it comes to opening up with your your partner or whatever's going on in your life how does this serve us? Yeah. And does it serve us better for me to go to Brian or does it serve us better for me to go to my, my wife with that information? Um, that's powerful. And, and it's an inquiry. It's notice. <clears throat> it's not a, it's not a prescriptive. I don't know what the answer is going to be whenever you ask that question, but, yeah. but it's a, it's a moment by moment inquiry. I may decide, okay, going to Johnny serves us right now. It serves in this moment because I telling this to my wife would just introduce chaos between us. And, and let, let me go process it with another, with a friend who can help me hold this and turn it around and look at it from different angles. And, and, oh, okay. And, and then, you know, then it may serve to, to share what I discover with my wife, or I may realize it doesn't serve at all because you know what, there's nothing there. I yeah. did it. I went through it with Johnny and it turns out, ah, it was just an illusion. I'm good. Yeah. Well, and it, this becomes the next kind of the, the follow on question to that is, mm -hmm. okay, we, we've already kind of talked about guys really struggle with trying to find friends, you know, after college. 
Um, and so how do guys then create, because you're a relationship guy, but you're not just a relationship guy about your spouse, you're a relationship guy with people in your life as well. Yeah. How do guys go about finding these dudes that are going to be non-judgmental and be open to receiving that information to help process, not solve, because a lot of times we don't need our shit solved by somebody else either. We just need to process. And so how do we go about finding these brothers in our lives? That's a great question. And I, th I think one of the, one of the great benefits of, 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 um, let even paying to be in a men's group, investing money to be in a men's group of maybe a coach or somebody that you discover online or you read a book or, or by an author that you connect with and then paying to work with them in a men's work facilitated experience. I find, so I run a year long program called Elevate, Elevate for Men. This year is Elevate 2022. We'll be launching Elevate 2023 in a couple months. It's a small group. You know, we got 13 men going through an entire year together. We do a, a five day in-person retreat. And one of the things that, that begins to happen is as these men come into a, a journey like this with 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 me and my co-facilitator who by the way is my childhood best friend of 37 years he and i run this this group together wow. um which is such a, a gift such a such a privilege to be able to do this with a man that i have been intimately connected with for 37 years what we're able to do what these men are able to do is they're able to come in and they start to get an experience of of safe and challenging though brotherhood you know being around other men you know there, there are sort of four principles we stand for and that is we witness each other we support each other but we challenge each other and we celebrate each other mm -hmm. witness support challenge and celebrate you know, when men start having an experience of, 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 of being in a, a safe container with other men where they're not going to be judged, they're not going to be shamed, they're not going to be competed with in, 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 the old, in the old paradigm ways, you know, who has the biggest dick in the room or you know, who can do the most push-ups or look, all that has its place. And, and competition is, is fun when done, when done in the spirit of, of, of iron sharpens iron. It, it not, we're not trying to literally cut each other down, but we're trying to sharpen each other's swords, help each other stay sharp in life. You know, when men start to get that experience and they realize like men come into this and for the first time, I mean, literally some of these men for the first time in their lives. And Johnny, I know you've had this experience with men through the work that you do. They've never been able to say some of the things that they've been dying to say. They've never been able to say these things and now they can say them and they can, and they can be, um, you know, I, we had a man recently who I think he's mid forties and you know, I'll speak generally about his experience, um, but he had a body shame issue that for 45 years he's been hiding, not talking about, mm. not, not, not sharing, just, just completely hiding from the world. From, I mean, it, it just it shows up in the way he dresses. Well, through a brotherhood experience with men that, that he felt supported by, he felt un, not judged by, seen by, you know, challenged in respectful ways and celebrated, 
he was able after about five months, he was able to completely reveal something that he had never been able to reveal before. And he was able to find beauty in this part of him where previously all he had known was shame. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, 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 that's the planet healing in that one man right there. Yeah. And that's the power of, 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 of brotherhood of, so, you know, that, that's why I say, though, for some men, um, man, don't be afraid to fucking pay for it, you know, invest in it, study with with coaches, teachers, you know, men that you that you that you feel you can trust that you, you know, connect with them. Don't just dive in with someone willy nilly, but but talk to that man or, or, or do your research, but don't be afraid to invest in the experience, because in this day and age, look, I, I, I would love Johnny to, to put me and you out of business someday you know because mm-hmm. men men feel supported and they feel connected and they feel alive in their bodies like you know our goal should be to put ourselves out of business because because men are ah, finally have the safe places that they need in their own lives everywhere but that's yep. not the reality that's not the world we live in right now mm-hmm. so because but but if you when you study it invest in it then now you can go and it's one of the beautiful things I see is that the men in these experiences, they start turning to the other men in their lives and they start having real conversations. They start calling other men into real conversation because, because they can't live without it anymore. Yep. They can't have the same old bullshit conversations that they've been having for 40 years. Nope. That's a, that's a big shift. And I can even attest to that. That's a big shift I've seen in my life ever since mm-hmm. getting into the, this whole my own self-discovery and connecting with men on this journey of of healing themselves is I, I it's very hard for me to get back to the superficial conversations about sports and just stupid shit that doesn't really matter or have any bearing on my life. While yeah. I love sports, it just those Same. conversations just don't yeah. light me up, and it's like yeah. I, I find it really hard. Um, not saying that I'm better than anybody. It's just like Brian's saying when you start to have more of these conversations, and this is what I relate it to is when you flex that muscle, it's a muscle. If I flex it here and I share something with Brian and then I flex with you again next week and I flex with you again the week after, all of a sudden I find myself flexing that muscle with somebody else and then somebody else and then somebody else and then it just keeps going and going. It's just like working out. The more you do it, the higher level your muscles get trained, the bigger they get, the more in shape you get and it's flexing that muscle. If you do it, the more and more you do it, you're going to become more comfortable with it and you're going to start to want to share these things with other people. That's a very good analogy, brother. I I love that you shared that with guys and the fact that being able to do that is going to allow them that story in particular, the man you're talking about, Mm. uh, letting them see what happens to somebody when they actually do start to share that, I think is powerful for men to hear because I think there's a lot of men that listen even to this Um, and probably to your show and many others that really still struggle with, with wanting to do that or allowing themselves to do that. Right. Well, and I hear from a lot of women too, that are connected to men that, that are, are lone wolf in it. And a lot of women ask that question, like, how the hell do I help my guy? You know, how, give me some resources. How do I, how do I help him? And so it's an epidemic, you know, male aloneness, loneliness, isolation, lone wolfing. It is an epidemic. Yeah. And guys out there listening right now, if you haven't heard me say this before, and I'm sure Brian says this to men or to people all the time, is that 
other people can't help you if you're not willing to change yourself, if you're not willing to help yourself. Like you have to take the action. So yes, it's going to take work, but nobody can change your mind about anything unless you're willing to say, hey, I'm ready to do something different. It's got to come from us. That's when it changed for me. I'm sure that's when it changed for you. I mean, I I think for a lot of men, we have to hit bottom in a way. We have to. Uh, <clears throat> we ha I hate that. It's so I, unfortunate. It's a trap. It's it is awful. But but it, it also I think that one of the big reasons is because we're sold the story that I have to carry the weight of the world on my own shoulders. That a real man solves his own problems. A real man figures everything mm -hmm. out by himself. And. Um, you know, that's the, 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 the ethos of independence of our country, which is a beautiful ethos, but it's, it's not the full story. You know, we do need yeah. other people. We need a village. And unfortunately though, because that, that, that ethic of independence is reigns so supreme, it's often only when a man realizes, holy shit, like I can't do this on my own. And usually he doesn't get to that point until he hits rock fucking bottom in some way. You know, and 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 you, you know, anyone in a twelve-step program knows the distinction between like the high-bottom drunk and the low-bottom drunk. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, we're high-bottom drunks, meaning that you know, our and we don't have to literally wake up, you know, in, in a dying in a ditch before we realize, oh, I need to change. But maybe it's just you know, there's there's a a woman in our life, or we're in a relationship, or or we're just in so much pain. Everything's kind of okay, but but we're in so much fucking pain, and we're gonna lose it. We we know we're gonna lose everything if we don't change. Okay. You know, don't don't let it get to that place. I mean, <clears throat> John, hear from you know, Johnny, you and I. I think we are men. We're we're you know doing our best to live our best lives. You know, we're married to to amazing women. We're doing work that we love. Uh, we we've you know both of us through our our past. We've been through dark and and heavy experiences. We've triumphed through through dark nights of the soul and all of that. We're living our best life, and both of us are committed to maintaining and nurturing and staying in strong brotherhood experiences with other men that we can, again, just offload our shit with sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Any man that doesn't have that is a man who is headed for a major, massive breakdown, whether he knows yep. it or not. Yep. That's my, my darkest... Experience. My darkest days have been the ones when I didn't have a brother to share anything with, or when I was hesitant about opening up to people, even though I knew they could support me, I, I refused right. to do it because I didn't allow myself. Those have been my darkest days. A hundred percent. Yeah. I found my, I found my worst self in those moments than any other time in my life. And so I think that's incredibly powerful. Well, brother, this has been an amazing conversation. Fucking flew by. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like looking up like, Jesus. All right. Uh, that, that went by. Well, um, I love, I love you, brother. I love what you got going on in the world. Can you share with everybody what's coming up for you, what they can, uh, get into your ecosystem with and how they can follow and support you and everything that you mentioned here, we're going to be putting in the show notes. So, um, but letting everybody know just verbally where they can find all this stuff. Thank you. So, uh, first, my name is Brian with a Y B R Y A N. That's important. Brian Reed. Yes. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been coaching couples for the last about nine years, but I'm, I'm, I'm switching to really focus on working with men. And 
I have a program now called Elevate Your Relationship. This is for men that are committed to thriving in relationship. Um, it's not a dating program. It is a relationship program for men that that are struggling with relationship, uh, that, that want to elevate their, their relationship game. Um, this is a, this is a live coaching program with me. It's a six month program. Um, I strongly recommend if, if you're a man that is, that is struggling in relationship, come to my website, reach out to me. Um, I don't have the information on my website because it's a, it's a new thing, but what we're underway, it's on. You can also, my book, Choose Her Every Day or Leave Her. Uh, mm. That's on, yeah, Choose Her Every Day or Leave Her. That's a, that book, by the way, it's for men and it's for women. But it's, um, you know, the first chapter in that book is titled, uh, No One Ever Taught Me How to Be a Man. Mm. I think that's a really important place to start when we talk about relationship. It's, it's, it's even, again, I love the title of your, your podcast, The Art of Masculinity. I mean, what does it even mean to be a man? I mean, if we're going to be in relationship to a, a partner, I think a, an important part of our exploration to be able to show up fully is, well, who the hell is showing up? Who am I? You know, what do I care about? What do I stand for? What, what am I yeah. modeling? So, you know, the book is a uh, choose her every day or leave her. That's on Amazon and anywhere you get books online. Uh, I have also my year long elevate 2023 coaching experience that will be launching probably, probably when your podcast comes out, we'll be starting to take applications That's you can just go to brianreeves.com slash elevate for the latest information about that. It may be updated when this comes out, Johnny, that that page may not, it might still be the elevate 2022 page, but no matter we're going to start enrollment again soon for that. And yeah, man, I'm, I'm really passionate about just creating brotherhood experiences for men The elevate your relationship program for men is also a brotherhood experience for men that are all gathered around the, the mission of just kicking ass in our relationships. Um, mm. So, you know, if that intrigues you, elevate your relationship, just reach out to me through my website. And those are the three main things that I want to, I want people to know about right now. And of course I have my podcast men this way, which you're going to be on very soon. I'm yeah. super excited to dive into, into your, your experience and, and your, your gifts. So my podcast is men this way. Um, yeah, man, I think that's all I'll, I'll share for now. I love that, man. I highly recommend the podcast and I highly recommend you guys getting involved with Brian. Brian, is, is there a limited number you take um, when the guys apply for your Elevate, even for your six month or your one year? So for the one year program, yes, we take, uh, we'll probably this year only take 10 men. For the Elevate Your Relationship okay. six month, the relationship program, that coaching program, um, right now we have, uh, we have 14 men enrolled. And probably in our next cohort, we'll take only another, maybe probably five or six men. So, um, okay, you know, jump so on it. Come, come in, come in. Um, you know, we 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 want to we want to keep these. You know, we want men to have the experience of being connected to other men, even as we're. You know, we could you can learn a relationship course or, or go to a therapist with your, with your wife, but, or your partner. But if you're still alone on that journey, trying to just figure it out by your damn self, it's going to be a slog. I'm mm -hmm. a fucking, I'm a fucking relationship coach. I'm a, I'm a world renowned 
author. Like I've written books about this. I have my books have been my blogs have been have been read by like 40, 50 million people. Like I I've got insight and wisdom and like a heart all I'm 48. I ain't a 27 year old dating coach. Like I've fucking been in it, man. I've made all the mistakes. I have fucked things up and learned from it. I have an amazing relationship with my wife, Sylvie Kukasian, who in her own right is an incredible woman. And all that said, Johnny, I need my brothers. I need my men that I can go to and just say, dude, this fucking bullshit happened the other day with my wife and I just need to talk about it. <laughs> I just yep. need, can you help me process what the hell that was? And, and, and man, can I just say this thing that drives me nuts and just, can you just, can we just laugh about it together? Like, I need that. Mm -hmm. I need that. Every man needs that place. He needs the brotherhood. That component is essential for mm -hmm. us to, you know, I, I created a map called the, the five pillars of a thriving man. And that's mm -hmm. one, of the, one of the things we explore in um, my year long coaching program, Elevate 2023, the five pillars of a thriving man. And if it's okay, I'll just really quick list them. Yeah. You know, let that be a whole ahead, other podcast. But the five pillars of a thriving man, um, the first pillar, uh, purpose, of course, you know, purpose, every man needs to be oriented around a purpose. You know, why am I getting up in the morning? Yep. Uh, the second pillar is brotherhood, brotherhood. We need a brotherhood. We need to know we're not alone in this world that I have men that, that have my back that I can hunt with in case I don't kill the meat. One of my brothers kills the meat and we all still get to eat. Mm -hmm. uh, the third is family. You know, it's like like my lineage, my ancestry, and, and my relationship to to my community around me, from my my parents and grandparents and ancestors to my children, to my siblings, to my community. That's family. Third pillar is family. Um, fourth pillar is intimacy. Intimacy with self first, knowing who am I? Who you know? What am I feeling? What is my body feeling? What what does my body need? Mm -hmm. Right. What does it take to and to stay connected to my heart, to my emotions, to my needs and desires, and and you know intimacy with self as a as a foundation for intimacy with others, or another, and then the fifth pillar is spirituality. Mm. My relationship to the greater cosmos, to something greater than my own ego and my own self. So purpose, brotherhood, family. Uh, intimacy and spirituality. And I love that. Brotherhood, man. Brotherhood is key for us men. Yeah, I love that. So everybody listening, just remember, Brian does have a limited number of slots. So get your application in. If you guys are interested in working with him, I highly recommend it. Obviously, been an amazing uh, guest on the show. Obviously, ton of wisdom, written a couple books that just so much good content coming out of you to really help men out there. So take advantage of this guys. If you guys are interested, reach out to Brian, get the application and see if you can get into one of his next cohorts. So truly appreciate you brother. And before I let you go for your last question, what does the art of masculinity mean to you? Well, I, I love that. It's, it's, it is an art. It is an art, the art of masculinity. It's an art form. It's, it's the capacity to create art with our, with our being, with our bodies, with our minds, with our heart. And what do I mean by that? I mean, life is changing moment by moment by moment. 
the art of masculinity is the is I say is the capacity to to know what this next moment needs from me. Right? That question, how do I serve we? Mm. We we means me, my wife. It, it means it means the trees outside of my house. It means my neighbors. It means my the, the the people that I come in touch with on a daily basis. It means my sisters. It means you, Johnny. It means your wife. It means right. I think the art of masculinity is 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 living in that question of of and being and being and having the capacity to to rise to the challenge of every moment. How do I show up in this next moment in a way that serves we? Mm, powerful, brother. I love that one. That's that's probably one of my favorite uh, my favorite ones for what the art of masculinity means. So appreciate you, brother, so much. It's Likewise. been a beautiful conversation. And to everybody listening, as always, remember to drop the ego and stay humble. Until next time.